breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keo, Mike and McCarty, and on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, State Rep Alan Seabaugh joining us this morning. Alan, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Well, we're oh. doing okay. We're, no, we're not. Well, oh, okay. We're, we're, we're like you, Alan. What what a mess. What what a f- happened yesterday yesterday is the reason people tell jokes about politicians and why people call Louisiana a banana republic. There is no excuse for what happened yesterday. It was an embarrassment. It was a disaster. Uh, well, we'll find out if it was a disaster. Um, the, the, the bad thing is the we have we passed the House. This happened five or six years ago. And we passed a House rule that says the general appropriation bill, which is the budget, has, cannot be voted on until it, 48 hours after it is submitted. Mm-hmm. Two days to give us time to review it. Not 30 we minutes. Have, no, we had ten minutes. It was oh, it was wow. in it, it was, we didn't get the amendments until five thirty, and they brought the bill up of, at five forty, and we voted on it by five forty five. So we had um, we had ten minutes to, to review it, and, yep. and 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 the bad thing is you're not even looking at one document. That's the problem. You've got the budget as it came out <laughs> of the Senate. You've got excuse me. You've got it as it came out of the House. You have two thousand Senate amendments. <laughs> and then you have the the conference committee report, which you have to have the budget, the amendments, and then the conference report, which says we're going to accept some of the amendments and not others. So you literally have three and, and in some cases four different documents that you have to read and try to cross-reference because each one of them might have a reference to page 157, mm. line 15. Mm. And you need you need to figure out exactly what you're what you're looking at it it, it was it, literally impossible two days is probably not enough time to fully understand what all was in there so how do but we just violate the it, rules how, how is that allowed oh, oh that's what i was going to bring up when they brought it up um myself raymond cruz danny mccormick and a couple of others were standing up to object and the speaker just didn't recognize the objection that's really what happened yesterday we actually by the way um, I, I would like to say, if anybody, not many people in Shreveport were there, but if you know anybody that videoed the recording, that re- videoed what happened, we are trying to gather video of what happened that you, so you can show, see the members shouting their objections. Um, we're actually considering a court challenge to the validity of it because it did not pass by proper procedure. Rules were violated. Rules were not suspended. Uh, rules were violated. And, I mean, you can suspend a rule, but we didn't. But you still um, voted for it. I'm, I'm, I find it uh, I, interesting. You I still did. voted for it. Were you kind of, you had no choice? No, I had a choice. I always have a choice. Um, I had decided, that, look, I fought the, the, the bust in the spending cap with every fiber of my being, um, and we lost. They, they voted to bust the spending cap. I decided at that point that I was going to vote for the budget, um, simply because of what was in it. Um, you know, it's the funding for the LSU medical school. It's the funding for the state police. It's, it's the state operating budget. And in an election year, if the, we end a session without a budget, we have to go back to, into a special. 
it's no longer a majority vote to pass the budget. It's three-fourths to pass the budget. So Mm -hmm. 26 members could hold the entire state hostage. And I just don't think it's worth – I didn't think it was worth going into a special session because what would come out of a special session where the the 26 Democrats that we have could literally run the show – I, I didn't think that was worth it. So um, I decided at that point that I was going to vote for the budget. Um, I actually had a little more information than a lot of people because I was in, I wasn't in the conference committee, but I was in the speaker's office when some of the stuff was going on. So I, I had a little bit more information. But one thing, your your idea of the conference committee and opening it up to the public, you don't, I don't think you understand how a conference committee works. You have three from the House and three from the Senate. Mm-hmm. They don't all go sit in a room with a spreadsheet and work it out. Oh. You, you you had six or seven people in the House that were huddled up in the Speaker's office, only one of whom was actually on the conference committee um, with spreadsheets, and they were working out. They would write something up and then send it over to the Senate. And I talked to Senator Milligan yesterday. He was in a similar meeting in the Senate um, going over it, and um, – you know, the, the, so they, they don't all sit together oh, and work it okay. out. The House does theirs, sends the Senate, Senate does theirs, they send it back. And and I really, I talked to Senator Milligan, and I, I was getting, frankly, getting my information from the Senate side, not the House side, because the House leadership is just an absolute disaster. Clay Shakespeare is trying to run for Secretary of State. I, I, he's a moron and should never, ever have been elected Speaker of the House. It, what happened yesterday was a joke. Um it was a violation of about 15 different rules that we have that are supposed to make things run smoothly, that we do the people's business and we do it rightly and we do it fairly and everybody has an opportunity to be heard. And the fact of the matter is there were only maybe four people in the entire House chamber who knew what was in there. And this was the plan from the beginning. Mm. But, the, GO- but the-, the GOP is in control. You guys have a super majority. Oh, no. That's that's a joke. are they bogus Republicans? That's, absolutely, more than half. You had nineteen Republicans vote to not bust the spending cap. Those are your true conservatives. If, the, if anybody that didn't vote to bust, anybody that voted to bust the spending cap is not a conservative. And you got to keep in mind how the speaker was elected. All of the Democrats got together with twenty three rhinos and picked the speaker. Two thirds of the Republicans voted for somebody else. So you had all of the Democrats and twenty three rhinos pick the speaker. And, you know, they, they picked a guy who really wasn't in the running. He only had two votes. He had himself and one other. And they went and picked him because he was the least objectionable because, quite frankly, he hadn't done anything in his legislative career, so he hadn't made a lot of enemies. Mm. Um, I, we, we went to dinner afterwards, and there were two freshmen that were talking, and one of them said, you know, I've been here four years. I don't think Clay Shakespeare has ever told me the truth. And Whoa. another one laughed. He said, you know, I haven't thought about it. But I think you're right. I don't think he has ever told me the truth. And, you know, he came to a Republican delegation meeting a couple of days ago, and which is rare, by the way. He doesn't usually come. But he came and he made us all these assurances. Um, and it, it was just, it was again, it was another lie. We got the bill with, with 30 minutes left in the session and 10 minutes to review it before they brought it up. Mm. But those things, they're, they're rules violation. They should not happen. And look, I'm not sitting here telling you the budget's terrible. Um, I did vote for it. I voted for it because I didn't want to go to a special session. And if, the bottom line is it was going to pass anyway. Yeah. But um, it might not be terrible. It, it, it might not. We, we did pay off um, $550 million of the uh, of the debt in the state employee retirement system. So we used some 
of the one-time money to pay that down. Uh, they, they started the process of right-sizing LDH. Um, they, they, you know, so, so there were some good things in there. I'm sure there were some bad, but there were some good things in there. And we funded, funded the, the LSU medical school and the LSU systems funded. So some things that are important to us were in there and I knew they were in there. And I also didn't want to go to a special. So that's why I voted yes. I'm sure as, as time goes by, we're going to find things in there that, that were terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just, we just didn't have time to look at it, but the special session, for the budget could have been a disaster or could still be. There's a possibility the governor vetoes it because, quite frankly, you veto the budget this year, you empower the Democrats uh, in a special. Mm. And that would uh, – so, it, I mean, that, that's a possibility. I know he wasn't happy about cutting the $100 million from from LDH, um, but, you know, I think LDH needs to be cut a little more than that, to be honest. One seven FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. State uh, uh, Rep. Alan Seaball joining us. Alan, you know, we talked with Raymond Cruz earlier this morning. And, you know, like you said, this deadline didn't come up as a surprise to anybody. So it has to be intentional that it was last minute presentation of this budget. It's it's like the the old famous Nancy Pelosi line. We've got to pass it to see what's in it. Well, that's 100% correct. And in this case, it's a little different because in Washington, they're not working on that kind of deadline. But what happened here was we, um, in Baton Rouge, it works a little different. It's we're going to hold it to the last minute to jam you so you can't afford to vote no. Because if if you have time, like I said, I voted for it because I didn't want to go to a special. If this vote had been two days ago, I probably would have voted no. And so let's go back to the drawing board and try to fix it. Um, So, you know, it should have been presented a week ago to give us a couple of chances, a couple of bites at the apple to go back to the drawing board, but it wasn't. I mean, it was. In, this is purely intentional. And look, Nancy Pelosi is evil, but she's really, really smart. Um, the people running in Baton, the, the, the Speaker of the House in Baton Rouge is not really, really smart. In fact, he's really, really dumb. But the people behind him, he's, he's doing the work of some really, truly evil people. What do you and, anticipate uh, the governor's going to veto? Well, he's going to line item some things, I'm sure, but he, you know, he can't add to the budget. You're talking about the budget itself. He can't add money to a budget. He can't move it from one project to another. He can take things out. Uh, I did read that he was going to veto, uh, some of the, like, uh, uh Dodie Horton's, um, um, anti-grooming bill, mm-hmm. um, and, and the, the, the ban on, um, sex change surgeries on minors. And look, 12, 13 year old kids, um, giving them hormone blockers so they never go through puberty, that's irreversible. It's also inexcusable. Do y'all come and, back and in and override that veto? I think that one might get us in. Um, what the, the, what usually happens, the good NRA bills, the gun bills, things like that that might fire up people for a veto override, those just quietly died in the Senate. Uh, so he did. those didn't pass, so he didn't have to veto them. Um, there, there's some things that might that the sheriffs got through a couple of bills that the sheriffs got through that are very important for law enforcement that i don't think he likes if he vetoes those the sheriffs might be able to gen up enough support for veto override so i think he's going to be very careful i don't think he wants a veto override session um but and and again it's all up to the senate the the house never cancels the veto override so what's it going to take to get uh permitless carry passed in this state 
Jeff Landry as governor. Mm, okay. Now, so, let's switch gears a minute to what happened with the Supreme Court yesterday. Um, right. the In the Alabama case, saying they have to go back and do and draw new maps. Um, and now the Urban League is calling on the governor to call you guys into session to redraw Louisiana's maps. Um, are we headed that way? Well, yes, we're headed that direction. I don't know what the end result's going to be. Um, the difference, the, the cases were similar, but not exactly the same. The arguments the plaintiffs made in the Alabama case and the Louisiana case were the same. The defenses were different. Alabama's African-American population is more concentrated than ours. So the, the, the argument of how you do it, how you draw it, is a little different. Um, so they're, they're not exactly the same, but so we're, we'll, we're, we'll see. Um, but I, I do think we're headed that way, yes. Um, the question is the timeline and, 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 and all that. And what you were saying earlier about Shreveport being the hub because of the large because it's a, it's the large African-American majority city. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't think that is accurate. I mean, it is an all largely African-American city, but, um, I don't think Shreveport is going to be the hub of the new majority minority district simply okay. because the surrounding area around it is not enough to support an African-American candidate. It's almost impossible to draw Shreveport into a district that would elect uh, an, an African-American, um, Congressman, the, 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 your, your possibilities, is, it's pretty much got to resolve, revolve around Baton Rouge and New Orleans. Because, the, the, again, that's the difference. Alabama has a large enough pop, African-American population that you could draw it because they're concentrated. In Louisiana, other than Baton Rouge and New Orleans, it's all spread out. And mm-hmm. it's, 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 and that's why you can't just divide the state into sections, like Mike was suggesting. Um, you can't do that. Like, like th- those, because people that, don't realize like each, that, each congressional district has to have almost the same, same population, number, right? Yes, same number of people. Mm-hmm. And, um, you, you, you can't do that. Like, like, uh, in the old days, back until the 1950s, several states would say each, uh, each county gets one senator. The, the house will be population-wise, and, this, and each county gets one senator. Can't do that. Because, mm-hmm. like, in, Atlanta, in Georgia, all of the black voters were in Fulton County. And so they had one, and, and the whole rest of the Senate was white. And that's discriminatory. So you, you, you can't just draw, draw shapes and draw lines. You've got to look at the voting patterns of the people. You've got to vote it. You've got to look at the concentrations um, and, and areas of interest and things along that line to, to make those determinations. I do think it is going to ultimately happen. The litigation has to run its course. I think it would be premature for the governor to call us back yet because the litigation hasn't run its course and we haven't been ordered to by the court yet. I do think there is a very good likelihood that that will happen, but there, it's not a slam dunk because, again, while the arguments the plaintiffs made in Louisiana and Alabama cases were the same, the defenses were different. And mm-hmm. so we're not completely aligned um, with, with the Alabama litigation. However, we are going to be bound by the result in the Alabama case and the principles laid out by the court in the Alabama case yesterday um, are going to hold. And, and that, that was another thing. It was a very long opinion. It was strange for a Supreme Court opinion. I was trying to read it while we were on the floor doing all of our shenanigans. Mm-hmm. But it was um, it was I've never seen a Supreme Court decision full of newspaper article references and yeah. references to social media. Oh, and it was it was strange. Mm. I've never seen I've never seen that before. Wow. Um, 
and so it it, it, it was and it was five to four decision. Um, two two uh, you know a, a Roberts a Bush appointee and Kavanaugh Trump appointee sided with the liberals, and mm-hmm. um, you know I, I I'm not going to tell you I think they were wrong. I I, I don't like the decision, um, but I, I don't know enough about the Alabama how it was set up. I, I can't tell you, but gotcha. each state has to be treated with its own set of facts. Mm-hmm. Um, and Louisiana is a little bit different from Alabama, but the numbers, the percentages are similar. Gotcha. Um, but I'll tell you, the Voting Rights Act specifically says you don't do the math. You don't say Louisiana is you know 30% African-American and we have six congressmen, so therefore we need two African-Americans. It, the Voting Rights Act specifically says you don't do that math. Huh. You have to look at all all. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keo, Mike and McCarty. We also spoke with uh, Senator Gregory Tarver uh, about the legislative session. Hear that conversation coming up just after the break. What? One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keo, Mike and McCarty. Talking with uh, State Senator Gregory Tarver on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Uh, Senator, good morning. Thanks for talking with us. Are you still on the road this morning? On the road, back to Shreveport. You were part of the conference committee that hashed out the budget um, right up until the last minute. We keep we seem to keep doing this, and, and we're in a rush in the last hour to put it all together. Why can't we do better? Well, because it's politics. Everybody trying to get exactly what they want. We're trying to balance the budget. You have two sides. You have the House of Representatives and you have the Senate. And the House never agrees with the Senate. And the Senate never agrees with the House. So they compromise. Why didn't we do this two days ago? You know what I mean? Why don't we have some sort of rules in place? Or a week uh, ago. Or law in place that says we we got to do this. We can't just come down to the last 30 minutes and we have thousands of documents to look at. It seems ridiculous. I agree, but it is what it is. And they both sides argue their position, and we compromise. What 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 is what, what is Shreveport going to lose out on? I mean, I know you get in there and you fight for us, but we're going to start reading this, and what are we going to find in the in the small print? Well, Shreveport have not lost anything. Shreveport have gained by uh, what? What? Give these, us some examples. The, let me give you an example. The Linwood Bridge had never been in there before. You know, the Linwood Bridge been closed for about six, seven, eight, or nine months. Yeah, uh, we, we we got that into the capital outlay. We got LSU Medical School in the Capitol. They more money for their programs uh, and, and to complete the educational building, uh, the final step of the educational building in Shreveport. Southern University reaped the benefits of more programs and their new gymnasium uh, in, the city, in the city of Shreveport. C.C. Antoine um, uh, Park received more money. Uh, so Shreveport fared very, very well. And many other programs in, in, in Shreveport that fared. And in Gatto Parish, the rural area, 
uh, in Cabo Parish increased very well. Teachers only getting a one-time pay bump, though? Disappointed with that? Well, let me say I was disappointed. That is what I mean we had to compromise. The House did not want to uh, uh, give the raise uh, the way we were, we were designed, it was designed to give. So what we decided to do uh, to get the $2,000 teacher raise, they will receive the $2,000 teacher raise, and other employees would be received $1,000. And at the same time, we put it in the preamble uh, to House Bill 1 that next year it would be a part of the MLP. Uh, then we did, we did a resolution for that. So it, it's in the preamble of the House Bill 1 that basically controls a lot of things in House Bill 1. And they're going to get it, and they're going to get it uh, next year in uh, the MLP. The $100 million cuts to the Department of Health, what does that do? Who's going to be hit by that? Well, let me say this to you. It's, it's in the Department of Health budget is approximately... 18 and 19 billion dollars okay mm -hmm. uh, they're going to lose only minimal things a lot of people let me give you an example you have about maybe eight or nine hundred people in the department of health jobs are not filled right now but we have the slots and we have them funded okay mm -hmm. they don't have to look at the employment list and that is the way they can do it services to the people will not be hit at all will not be hit at all any uh, jobs will there be, be any job cuts no no job cuts they have about 700 people in this department that they have not hired okay mm -hmm. uh but they have slots for them you know believe it or not it's hard to get people quality people to get in jobs today it's very very difficult Everywhere, everywhere you go, they're looking to hire people. So I don't think that the people will receive any less benefits at all. You were in the conference committee. You were part of the inner circle. What, when, when you heard your colleagues bring up certain changes, um, what was the biggest surprise for you, the one you had to fight the most on? Well... You have to fight all the time on everything position in the city of Shreveport. You have to remember they, they treat us like we're stepkids. We're not in part of Louisiana, we're part of Texas. So it's everything at all times you have to continue to fight for the city of Shreveport because they think we're part of Texas. And this has been going on, this is my 32nd year, and it's been going on for 32 years. We need to start sending people to Baton Rouge, and we have, do not have the people, good people, in Baton Rouge that we need from Shreveport. Presley is good, but the other guys only concerned about the limelight, not getting money for the city of Shreveport. And that is the problem, not working with everybody. Not that you like everybody because you're not sent to Baton Rouge to like people. You're sent in Baton Rouge to get the job done for Shreveport and Cattle Parish. And our people have failed us in the House of Representatives in Baton Rouge. Everybody but Presley has failed us? Everybody but Presley has failed us. 
Presley, Glo- Glover, Jenkins, Jenkins, Jenkins Glover. Well, Glover never there. Glover have missed more meetings in the House than any other member. Jenkins, Jenkins Phelps. They're they're not they're not um, getting the job done. No, look, Jenkins is working very hard. He's a good man. He's working with people. But I'm telling you, look at the other people that you have down there. Crews don't don't work with people. Uh, uh, the guy up in all city, McCormick. Uh, McCormick don't work with people. Seaball. Seaball don't work with people. Why do you think they never get nothing in this district? Every year, McCormick do not work with people. They try to take money out of the district because of McCormick. I have to go over there and explain to them that this is my district. I'm not concerned about what McCormick is doing. I'm concerned about what we need to get done up in North Louisiana. And I'm telling you, and people might forget it, might not think about it. They look, might look at the gun bill, but let me tell you something. You better look at the money coming to Shreveport because it's all about the money. Mm. Okay, Senator Tarver, this could have been your last session. We probably will have a special session, I imagine. What's ahead for Senator Greg Tarver? I'm going to come to Shreveport. I'm going to work at the mortuary, work in my office supply company. I'm going to be involved within the political arena, but I'm going to more than likely take a back seat. Are you, go- are you going to get involved? Are you going to get involved in the race to replace you? Will you endorse a candidate who's running for your seat? Yes, I will. Yeah, I'm going to- Let me say this to you, and I'm being honest with you. If you look at the record, how many committee meetings that Glover missed, you will be shocked. This is the first year that he's been down there more than any time. Other years, he was there 50% of the time. You cannot have a person representing you 50% of the time in Baton Rouge. You need someone to represent you 100% of the time in Baton Rouge. And I'm only telling you what I know because I'm over in the house all the time talking to him, trying to get things done. Glove is never there. So who would you support to replace you in your seat? I'm going to look and see the people who's running, and then I'll make a decision. But I can tell you one thing. They don't be Barbara Norton. (laughs) I want someone to represent the rural area in Cattle Parish. I want the rural area to get their pro rata share in Cattle Parish and in Baton Rouge. Are you done with politics? Are you done running for office? I don't know. I don't know. It might be an opportunity to pop up, and I don't want to say let me tell you something. Never say never. Mm-hmm. I said that once, and I lied to myself and ran back for the Senate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you looks like you're headed to a special session on redistricting uh, in light of the Alabama Supreme Court decision. Um, how soon would you like the governor to call y'all back? He needs uh, about some of his vetoes might wind up mm-hmm. calling us back also. Um, but we're going, whatever, whatever you want to call it back, it's okay with me.
101.7 FM, 710 Keo, Mike and McCarty. We're going to talk about Jimmy Davis Bridge. We don't have time right now. Mm, we're going to get there. Saturday, I was mowing the yard. Ruben, get the button ready. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's all I can play of it. <laughs> Wait, what is that's this That's all song? I can play. <laughs> I kind of want to meet the dirt track trophy queen, Man, Ruben. I... <laughs> I didn't know you were playing something from your phone, and that scared me for a minute because I didn't know how to stop it. I was like, this has to stop immediately. <laughs> this oh, can't wow. be aired. That's one of your songs? That's one of yes. my songs, the Dirt uh, Track Trophy Queen. Uh, the Dirt Track Trophy Queen. Okay. I, 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 Why can't we play it? I, I got oh, in, no, you can't play it. I got inspired <laughs> one one Christmas uh, oh. to write this song. Me and my mom were you know, sitting around talking. I think it was late Christmas evening. And she was explaining the difference between, I'm from Menden, Louisiana. And, right. And she was explaining the difference in her day between Miss Menden and the Dirt Track Trophy Queen. <laughs> and oh, that's, wow. that's what inspired that song. That's as far as I'm willing to go. Yeah. <laughs> Is it like so I vulgar? checked it out. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Aaron. I, even I was blushing. I was mowing the yard. I'm going, oh, my gosh. Oh, Ruben. Yeah. <laughs> Opossum or Arthel available on all things streaming. Yeah. <laughs> Coming up after the news, uh, State Rep. Thomas Presley is going to talk with us about the Jimmy Davis Bridge funding getting pulled. Petty, petty, petty. <sighs> Mike and McCarty. 1017 FM, 17. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. State Rep. Thomas Presley joining us. Uh, uh, yeah, uh. unfortunately, not good news. Not a good subject. Uh, just kind of embarrassing all the way around. Thomas, we know you voted to uh, uh, lift the lift the spending cap because Jimmy Davis Bridge is in your district. But yet you got punished because of the uh, yeah. actions of others. The Jimmy Davis Bridge funding cut from capital outlay um, for political motives. Pretty clear? It, it certainly appears clear to me. Um, you know, it, it, it's a regional project. It's something that's, that's vitally important to the people in, in South Shreveport and South Bossier. Um, and, and certainly we're doing everything we possibly can to ensure that that project uh, stays on on course. I will tell you, I'm more optimistic this morning than I was uh, on Friday when when I was uh, first informed of of this issue. Um, I've been on the phone all weekend with with our leadership um, and and with other members of our delegation, trying to figure out a solution for uh, for this. Um, you know, I I am. Uh, as, I, as I stated in a newspaper article, I'm, I'm devastated. I really am. Um, this has been a, a project that uh, we've been working on my entire four years in, in the legislature. Uh, and certainly before that, Barrow Peacock for the last 12 years has been working on it. Um, you know, and, and we have a signed contract. Um, so, you know, we're ready. We're ready to begin construction. Uh, and I'm, I'm optimistic that uh, even with this, uh, this challenge that that's now, uh, arisen from our our capital outlay budget 
uh, that that hopefully we can find a solution to be able to keep it on course. But the con, like you said, the contract's been signed. The state is obligated to this company to build this bridge, correct? That's right. That's my understanding. I, you know, it's all subject to funding. Um, but but what we're talking about here is P five money. So when we look at that capital outlay budget, there's uh, five different areas of, of budgeting. Um, P1 means basically it's cash, it's ready to go. Mm-hmm. P5 is bonding capacity. Um, and that's what we're talking about here. Last year, we had $15 million in bond capacity and P5 money um, for the Jimmy Davis Bridge. This year, because the contract was ready to go, because the governor had already, uh, or the DOTD had already signed the contract and the governor was ready to go with it, he put $154 million into E5. Um, and, and it's vitally important that, that we have that capacity in order to make this project go forward. Um, you know, I, as I said, I've been working all weekend to see if there's other ways of, of getting around this to make sure that we can keep the project on course and then come back in, in uh, 2024 with additional P5 dollars to make sure that we're, we're going forward with the project. What are the options right now? So there's a, a way of, um, of paying for things when we're not in session through the joint budget process. Um, and it certainly looks like we may be able to do that. Um, there's, you know, letters that can be written of support to uh, both the DOTD and, and the governor's office, as well as the, the contractor that was awarded the contract to let them know that we are, um, that this is a priority project and that, that we certainly will restore the money uh, in the fall. Um, or in, in the spring, rather, um, you know, there's there's a couple of different means that are going forward, and and we're trying to to do all we can to make sure that this project happens. State Rep. Thomas Presley, you said you're more encouraged today than you were uh, end of last week. What uh, can you give us specifics on what's encouraged you? Yeah, those that that's what's encouraged me is that there there may be a way of getting around this aspect of it um, through the joint budget process. Um, and, and I will tell you, um, you know, I, I have had multiple conversations with leadership, um, stressing the importance of this project, stressing the amount of time that we've put into it, letting them know that a contract has already been signed. Um, and, and that's what's different about this project compared to some of the other projects that were cut in capital outlay, um, for, you know, the, the people that, that chose not to, to bust the spending cap. Um, you know, this one is ready to go and it's a regional project, um, you know, and, and vitally important to, to everyone in South, South Bossier, South Caddo, uh, Red River Parish coming over. Um, uh, you know, those are all, all very important, uh, people and very important for them to have the opportunity to go back and forth freely between the two parishes I can, I can the third and sixth largest cities in our state i can only look at this capital outlay budget and i and i sniffed out a couple of things a uh, hundred million or so was added for the pmac right there at the last minute which kim mulkey had requested 152 million for the uh, a new lsu library was added it's almost like lsu's getting our money so i you know, I, I, I hate to put just one project or, or two projects in, in place of, you know, this bridge. What I will say is that there's no doubt that $50 million of P5 went to LSU for the new PMAC. 
the the rest of that funding is actually self-generated funds. Right. Um, and this is through the Taft Athletic Foundation. So generally, the Taft Athletic Foundation is, is self-supported. And, and, you know, we certainly can can put some athletic dollars towards that. But you don't usually see capital outlay dollars going for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you look at the University of Lafayette, uh, or U- University of Louisiana at Lafayette, um, they have almost $480 million in capital outlay budget this year. Um, so when you compare that to what Caddo and Bozier got, it's you know significantly higher. And you're not talking about the region. You're just talking about the university. Um, so you know, leadership has a, a huge uh, impact and role in where dollars go in the, in the budget. We all know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly... Um, you know, having very limited number of chairmen from Northwest Louisiana. Y'all have talked about that often uh, on this show when we when we make those elections. Uh, that that hurts our region. Did Senator um, Tarver, and, and Senator Tarver is on that conference committee. Did he miss this? Did they sneak it by him? Um, did he let us down? Senator Tar- so so the budget is actually it's four different bills. Um, Senator Tarver was on House Bill One. Ah, okay. He was not on House Bill Two. Did we have anybody? Did we have anybody from our area on House Bill Two? We did not. The only person from North Louisiana was Neil Riser, who's from Columbia, Louisiana, over in Northeast. Wow. Um, the Northeast part of the, the state. The third largest, uh, the happen? third largest how, metro in the state had nobody on that. Committee. How does that happen? Leadership decides who's on the on the conference board, um, and so and. Um, on this one, we, you know, we, we didn't get anybody. Um, and, and obviously that makes a, a big difference. Having a voice in the room when you're talking the budget well, sure. makes a huge difference moving forward. Um, and, and, you know, we can, we can do all we possibly can to put things in the budget um, as it goes into conference. But as it comes out is really the challenge. And, and, you know, you have multiple members on Friday talk about it on your show. When it comes out of conference report, the way that it's set up, is for you to have to look at three different documents very quickly. Mm. Um, and my time, you know, down there, this was the no doubt the worst as far as the, the least amount of time to look at the budget. But you're you're comparing three different documents that are pretty um, detail oriented based on page and line number. Um, so if you don't have multiple computer screens up and ready to look at it, um, it's difficult to do. And and you, it, it's really the process that that i think needs to be changed i think we need in what's known as an enrolled version uh mm-hmm. or a re-engrossed version of the bill so you can actually read it line for line as opposed to having to go through our amendments mm-hmm. um, that's certainly something that i think if we want transparency in the state that's something we need to spend money on uh and it would certainly be worth worthwhile for the, the citizens of louisiana to allow their legislators to look at it prior to us voting on it. All right, in the last 30 seconds here, State Rep. Thomas Presley, what is next for the Jimmy Davis Bridge project? What What's the next step? I'm hoping in the next day or two we'll have confirmation that uh, the Jimmy Davis Bridge project can stay on course, um, but that's going to have to come from the executive branch. Um, we, like I said, uh, Barrow Peacock and I have been on phone calls all weekend um, trying to do all we can to to find um, opportunities to, to figure this out without um, having the, the project blown up because of a, a snafu in the budget. Who do you blame for that snafu? Who do you blame? Yeah, who do you ultimately blame for this? Well, I, I, I'm an ultimate responsibility guy. 
I blame myself. Um, and, and I always do. Um, you know, we, we all take responsibility for the challenges that, that, that come out of there. Um, but, but, uh, you know, I certainly, but you did what you were supposed to do. You voted with them to bust the spending cap, which angered other Republicans, conservative, uh, I use quotation marks, um, to go along with, to try to get the funding. And that's what you have to do. And you get stabbed in the back and yeah, and you got, um, you know, I I certainly am am frustrated with, um, with the process. But again, you know, it, 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 it lands on the back of everybody that uh, is down there to make sure that, that we're doing all we can for our region. Um, and, and I was incredibly disappointed um, that this happened um, and, and certainly felt like we were doing everything we, we could do. But uh, like I said, I'm an ultimate responsibility guy. I want to I take credit where I can, um, but certainly want to make sure that, that, you know, I'm doing all I can to, um, to, to help our region. So, um, I'm not going to cast the blame on anyone else. What I want to do is find a solution to this problem and make sure that, that the people of, of South Shreveport, South Bossier, people of District 6 have a new bridge to, to drive on in the next few years. Mm-hmm. Um, but we need this project to stay on. on State on Rep. Thomas Presley, track. thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it and keep up the hard work, man. Absolutely. Thank y'all. You bet. 1017 F. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty just kind of it, it's it's not only frustrating Aaron it's embarrassing it really is um uh, okay you're not going to play with me I'm taking your toy and, uh, and you actually had one of them say to the um I think to the Baton Rouge advocate you know hey you didn't vote for the infrastructure you can't you can't vote against uh, right the yes. spending cap. And then expect us to spend money in your area. You can't have it both can't ways. Can't have it both ways. And I thought, really, seriously? Because you okay? Did everybody who voted against it? Did you cut something in their district too? Is there something cut in everybody's district right. that didn't vote for it, or did you just make Shreveport Bozier pay? I just find that nasty politics. But the one and, who did vote with you, you're punishing him in his district. And the thing is, it's in Presley's district in the That's House what I mean. right. and Peacock's district in the Senate. And both of them voted to raise the spending limit. Both of the ones where that bridge sits voted with you. But because you didn't like the Seaball, the Horton, and the Cruz votes, you're going to make the whole area pay. And I, I just... I mean, have you been over that bridge lately? God, yeah, I just drove over it last week. It's horrible. It, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, we saw what happened in, in on I-95 in Pennsylvania. Did we not over the weekend where part of the interstate collapsed? Well, and heaven forbid there's a wreck up on oh. the bridge because then there's no place to go. No. Traffic is completely shut. Then mm-hmm. you've got to go all the way up to Shreveport-Marksdale Highway. Yes, Exactly. And it, it is in such bad shape. And, you know, if I, I find it reprehensible, I did get a, a comment. It is reprehensible. I got a comment real quickly from the DOTD secretary who says, quote, 
We became aware of it Friday. The bridge is a four- or five-year construction project, so we don't need all of the money right away. We will likely submit a new request for P5 money, P5 being Priority 5 money, in November. So it's not dead, but it's just shameful the way lawmakers play with the lives of folks in our area. Right. It's shameful. And to let that capital outlay budget get pushed through with a conference committee that has no representation from the biggest, third biggest city in the state, shame on you, man. Yeah. That's awful. It, it, one of the messages, I'll just paraphrase on the Shreveport Security Systems message board. You know what? Secession. Secession. If they want us to act like part of East Texas, then let's be part of East Texas. Yeah, boy. It's hard to argue. It's shameful. You're right. Uh, coming up after the news at 8 o'clock, we've got uh, State Senator Robert Mills, who is taking a lot of heat on this, uh, is going to join us and talk about this mm-hmm. funding. Micah McCarty. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty told you over the weekend I did a little yard work Saturday um, before the rain came in on Saturday. So while I was doing my yard work, I like to put in the earbuds, put it on noise canceling, mm-hmm. and I checked out a little bit of uh, Opossum. Where art thou? Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> Am I fired? <laughs> oh goodness! Uh, it was uh, it was interesting. It was uh, well. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, that's all. Whoa, 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 whoa! was Ruben. Whoa! <laughs> that's all no. I can play of uh, Dirt Track Trophy Queen. That's it. That's all oh, that's terrible. Oh man! <laughs> About three more seconds, and we would have been off the air permanently. <laughs> When's your next uh, gig? Next gig is in Longview, Texas. Okay. Uh, on the uh, hang on, let me look at my calendar here. I think it's on the uh, it's at the Memphis Bar on the twenty fourth. And okay. people know when they book you what they're getting, right? God, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) There have been times where they didn't, and uh, we we were not invited back. (laughs) Oh, man, yeah. But but they did go ahead and write the check, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, do you guys have to play behind a chain link fence? Uh, (laughs) We should. Really? Do people throw stuff at you? (laughs) We've never, we've to this day, we've never had anything thrown at us. Okay, what's that date again? No, it's uh, (laughs) (laughs) Memphis Bar, Longview, Texas, uh, the thirtieth. I'm sorry, uh, no, 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 sorry, the twenty fourth, the twenty fourth. And you're lead singer on this in this, right? Me and my buddy Jared swap out. Okay, we we like he does some songs, I do some songs that. That type it was of pretty thing. funny. I, mm. I, I laughed amidst it's, my blushing. Amongst <laughs> it's filthy, but it's all in good fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Coming up after the local news, top of the hour, State Senator Robert Mills going to join us talking about funding for the Jimmy Davis Bridge. Mikey McCarty, 1017F. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten. Keel, Mike, and McCarty reaching out on the uh, uh, Shreveport Security Systems message board, folks. Uh, letting us know that a lot of people not happy 
Mm-hmm. A lot of people not happy that, uh, I mean, it's called politics for a reason. <laughs> there is talk about secession. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, not going to happen. Uh, Van says Baton Rouge holds the purse strings for North Louisiana. No love for Shreveport. Mm-hmm. It's always been that way at the Capitol. Yeah. And we, and, and, and we know that. I don't know what how to change that, though. I don't know what they have to do to change that. I, I, you know, you, you have to, the problem is you have to play the game. And sometimes to play the game, you have to make votes that are unpleasant. Right. And, and Which I, is what Thomas Presley tried to do. And Barrow Peacock tried to do. And I understand that. But then you have some that are hardcore. If you don't do it our way, we can control what you get. And I would love, to, and I'm going to go through the capital outlay bill today or tomorrow at some point, and I'm going to total how much did Northwest Louisiana get. I might total how much every metro city got. Wow. And I think you're going to be so upset when we see that number that it's going to be an embarrassment to how we let this state run and how and we and we need to really hold these gubernatorial candidates to to task on that we need to say here's what's happening you have got to stop that you have got to put a stop to this it's ridiculous now i have reached out to the new secretary of dotd i don't have his number so if somebody has his number shoot it to me but um i'm going to try to get him on for tomorrow because he seems to be optimistic that the project's going to move forward that the jimmy davis bridge funding is going to move forward um, that this isn't the end of it. It's already partially funded. The contract has been signed. And you know what, lawmakers who did this? Shame on you for being a moron because you've signed the contract. And if you pull, if you back out now, you're probably going to get us sued. We're going to be in court over a long period of time by this construction company. Now, I know there's probably stipulations in it. You know, this has to be funded, pending funding. Um, I get that. You've probably protected yourself. But you're still going to be at a. This company's done some work already. Yeah. And 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 you talk about the gubernatorial candidates. The problem is, how many of those candidates are from north of LA? Yeah. You know, they're right. going to say whatever they have to say during the campaign. Well, of course, North Louisiana, Shreveport's me, a yeah. very important part of this state. So ah, how blah, are you going to prove blah, it? Blah. Uh, we got to stop listening. I believe listening. you when I see yeah, it. Yeah, we got to stop listening to the blah, blah, blah. Right. And we, and we need to hear, you know, the, this governor's been governor for eight years. This Jimmy Davis project's been in the works for a dozen years or so. Right. Where's the bridge? He said Peacock's been working on it over 12 years. Where's the freaking bridge? I remember when they put $25 million in to refurb the bridge and to paint it purple. I mean, we were going to... Mm. redo the bridge paint it purple it was gonna and then the barn swallow thing came up and that delayed it a bit i get I remember that. that but now we're looking at a 360 million dollar project when it was 25 million to fix it up you know 20 years ago or however long ago it but was. it was still even at that point it was still only have been a two-lane bridge and that's that's got to change Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, it's and now outdated. That that bridge is is not viable anymore. And Especially, you know, South Bossier has grown tremendously. Right, right. 
people coming to and from that area, mm-hmm. the traffic, the the car count on that bridge is phenomenal. Yes, exactly. exactly. And again, it's a safety issue. Right. If something even has a flat up on top or something happens, it shuts the entire bridge down. Yeah. Emergency personnel, I can speak from experience, can't get there. Right. Absolutely. Coming up after the local news, uh, State Senator Robert Mills be joining us. Micah McCarty, 1017 FM, 710. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. You got a story, isn't there? A story you got about uh, on keelnews.com tipping. People uh, are getting fed up with all this tipping. They they are. They're tired of it. Now there's a new report from uh, Bankrate says sixty six percent of Americans have a negative view of tipping. We're tired of you know the, when you do those little debit the the cards. And you swipe your card and the box comes up, tip, you want to leave a tip? We don't want that anymore. Take that thing down. If we want a tip, we'll leave a cash tip. Or, or I'm I'm at a local business and I love to support local businesses. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a I'm not gonna name it. I'm I'm just buying a, a food item. Right. I'm at the counter, they put it in a box, and they spin the little iPad around. Mm-hmm. They're checking me out. Yeah. I'm just checking out, paying for the item. Mm-hmm. And there's 15%, 20% custom tip. I'm like, why Zero. am I tipping? Why am I tipping? I know. You're just checking me out. I, yeah. You're, you didn't come refill my water. You didn't come check didn't on me. You didn't take it to my car. You didn't. Yeah. Here's the thing that unbelievable in this, this report from Bankrate. If you go to a restaurant and sit down and dine in, you tip. Sure. Only 65% of Americans are now doing that. So, See, that surprised, I heard that, one and that third surprised me. are not, not tipping not when they tipping. dine in. And that, you, that was 75% a year ago. So that number's dropped significantly because we're tired of it. We're tired of getting hit by tips from everybody. I mean, when you go get a coffee and you pay four bucks for the coffee, you want to tip a dollar for that? Right, yeah. I mean... You know, if you go to Sonic and they bring it out to your car, you give them 50 cents or whatever, I get that. But I'm not tipping if I go through your drive through window and you have a tip cup out. No, 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 no. I know there are teenagers working in there. I get it. And look, I'm not tight. If anything, I'm an over tipper. Yes. I, I, I usually take very good care of my mm-hmm. servers. But you're not a server if you're just reaching in a counter, pulling out something and putting it in a box and handing it to me. Right. That's not... uh, And everybody wants a tip now. Yeah. Everybody wants a tip from everything you do. And we're tired of it. We're burned out. We we Stop with the tips. Stop it. Mm -hmm. And and they're saying that some... And I don't buy this. Some servers only make $2.13 an hour. And they depend on tips for their wages. I... Please text me if you only make $2.13 an hour. I would... I would hazard to bet there is nobody left making that. And on the flip side of that. Maybe I'm wrong. uh, You know, on your tickets at restaurants, it'll say server, you know, Louise. Right. Well, Louise is charged taxes on the total number of that ticket, whether she gets tipped or not. Oh, no. Seriously? Oh, yeah. That's why they keep tabs on, on what servers are selling what. 
So she's taxed on the total amount of that ticket. Oh, goodness. So, yeah, it, it, it makes nuts. it even more complicated. I'm just tired of seeing it everywhere. State Senator Robert Mills joining us after the news. Mike and McCarty, 1017. One zero one seven FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. State Senator Robert Mills joining us. Uh, first of all, good morning. Thanks for talking with us this morning. Mike, Aaron, thank you. Appreciate the hospitality. Wish we had a, a better topic or better subject that, than our funding being cut for the Jimmy Davis Bridge Project. Well, it, it, it's in, it's embarrassing but we're going to work our way through this. Um, uh, Eric Calavota, you know, heads the uh, Department of Transportation Development now, and uh, he's, he's, he says that it's a four- or five-year project. Uh, we don't need all the money up front. Uh, you know, we're going to be fine, and this is going to move along on schedule. The contracts are let, and we're going to be protected. This is very, very unfortunate, very uncomfortable. Hard to look at, but we're going we're gonna to work our way through it, no problem. Uh, Robert, let me read you a text that I think is, I don't know that it's true or not, but it's circulating in our community, and you probably have seen it. I don't know if you have or not. And I'm quoting Likely here. Not. Mm-hmm. Robert Mills was behind getting the funding pulled. He teamed up with, <laughs> he teamed up with JBE and House leadership to punish the other Republicans. Is this hogwash? That's hogwash. I hadn't seen it yet. So, okay. But, uh, no, obviously not. Did you vote to lift the spending cap? Yes. So the the ones in our area that did not, Seabaugh, Horton, and Cruz, uh, it's it's a po- politically motivated to punish them. Is that what that's what folks are saying? Do you believe that? Well, I, I, you know, I don't speculate. Uh, all I know is what I see, and that the the funding was cut. Uh, it, it was cut. In a conference committee, I guess, uh, you know, the Senate voted, every senator, including myself, including Beryl Peacock, voted to um, extend the spending cap this year. We had cash in the bank to spend. We had, you know, a lot of projects that needed funding, and so we uh, we agreed to go, you know, attack those. Uh, I can't tell you what other people were trying to do, but Robert Mills was trying hard uh, to do the right thing. We we prepaid debt. We invested in our districts. We invested in the state. And, uh, you know, I, I thought we had a good plan. 30, 39 senators voted for mm-hmm. it. Uh, obviously, some members of the House uh, didn't like it. Did you and have, any, con- did you have House- any conversations with the governor about no. the Jimmy Davis funding? Any emails, any oh. calls, anything about, hey, this, we could, this could wait a little while? Zero. Zero none. Okay. Now, uh, the, gov- the governor and I don't work together very well. <laughs> I didn't and, think so. You know, now, <laughs> you know but uh, that would be suicidal. Mm-hmm. Accusations have been made. Anybody that voted to bust the spending cap is not a conservative. What do you say to that accusation? Uh, I just say that's 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 untimely, unnecessary. Uh, again, a a conservative. Uh, and a measured approach to spending some of the money that we have in the bank uh, on projects in our districts and projects in our state is not, uh, you know, unreasonable for somebody to try to do all that they can 
for the people. And the money is going to get spent. The money is going to get invested. And the money belongs to the people of the state. And so, uh, you know, I, I think overwhelmingly the people of the state wanted us to do both, fund projects and pay down debt. And the Senate plan did just that. Senator Robert Mills, let me ask you, it's frustrating for me when I hear our lawmakers say that that conference committee on House Bill 2 had nobody from Shreveport-Bossier. How does that keep happening? Why does that keep happening, and what's the answer? Well, we've got, the, we being the, the Northwest Louisiana delegation, have to do a better job of being in a position of leadership. And you do that by communicating, negotiating, and working with uh, legislators from other parts of the state, not by being in the silo up here. Uh, I work daily very closely with people from other parts of the state to, to move Louisiana forward. I'm a first-term legislator. I, I'm kinda, I was kind of on probation. Uh, I wholly intend to be in a position of leadership in this next term if I'm reelected. And so we've got to get people from northwest Louisiana uh, to work with uh, the others, not fight with the others, to work with the others, get into a position of influence and use it. And I intend to do that if I'm given a, another opportunity to go back to that route. What happens if you scream and holler, hey, nobody from Shreveport Bossier's on this committee? What do they tell you? Oh, they would tell you to be quiet. Imagine it's like I say. That's that's in the past, Aaron. That's that's in the past. Mm-hmm. We've got to we've got to do a better job of getting into a position of leadership with the, with the, the, the with the, the House members and the senators that go back down. Uh, you know, it takes it takes two terms, sometimes three terms, to get into a position of leadership. We've got to do that. You pretty optimistic this bridge funding will be restored and we will move forward and we won't miss a beat on the Jimmy Davis Bridge? Very optimistic. No, there's 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 no question. The contracts are let, and uh, you know we don't let contracts until we we know we can do it. And uh, you know Eric Calavota's uh, committed to make this happen. Everybody's committed to make it happen. This was just a political distraction, and you know why I can't tell you. Uh, you know, I wasn't involved in it, but uh, you, you can surmise, you can guess, you can, you know, do whatever you want, but but you'll never know because I wasn't there, you weren't there, mm-hmm. and it was uh, very unfortunate and devastating on the surface, but it was really just, you know, an inconvenience, and we're going to work our way through it. We spoke with Thomas Presley a little earlier this morning, and I'll ask you the same question. So, Technically, the, the the funding has been pulled, but what's the next step now for the Jimmy Davis Bridge project? What do you what do you do when you get into work today? Well, you know, again, I, I look I look to uh, Department of Transportation Development for uh, where you are in the process, how much working capital do you have, and just you know, don't miss a beat on this thing. We've got a contract; it's a very long timeline, four or five years to get this done. And uh, Dr. Calabota says we're going to be fine. And so uh, as far as I-49, you know, it's early Monday morning. Uh, He says we're going to be fine. I'm telling you what he says, and I believe it. Do you blame um, some of the legislative leaders for doing this, or do you blame some of our local representatives for being so um, um, hard-headed, some might say? Uh, who, who gets the blame for this? 
I'm not in the blame game. I, I'm in the recovery phase. Okay. And so uh, I'm, an, I'm, I'm the adult in the room if that's what it takes. I'm, I'm just saying, uh, talking about what happened in the past isn't particularly productive at this point in time. Recovering from that is what's important. And uh, I'm, I'm in that process. And uh, I'm, I'm encouraged about Louisiana. We, we've got more money uh, than we've had for years in the past. We're, we're, not in, we're not in money trouble. We're not going to get in money trouble the way it looks. Obviously, we're watching this national economy. There's still conversation and legitimate conversation about a recession. We've got more money next year than we had this year. So all, all these games with money are probably going to come up again. Uh, in, in the near future. So I'm just preparing myself to protect Senate District 36 and Northwest Louisiana the best I can and move the, the entire state forward with this remarkable opportunity that we, that we have with this money. Why in the world do we want to kill ourselves uh, with this much money sitting on the table? Mm. It, it's, it's, it's ignorant. It's just ignorant as best I can put it. State Senator Robert Mills, thank you for talking with us this morning. Thank you. Thank you both. 1017 FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. You know, back in back in the day, back in when I was I used to I waited tables. I've never I waited worked tables. in the I waited tables and I was a bartender. Okay. Uh, down at uh what is now the Blind Tiger. Okay. It used to be Chelsea's in the Square. Yeah, I remember that. That was uh after uh TGI Fridays. Okay. And uh I loved working there. We had a great crew. And you made way under minimum wage, right? I, I and then you're, you're... If I remember, it was 201 an hour. Okay. If I'm remembering correctly, mm-hmm. this is... Now, Aaron, this is early 80s, mid-80s. Yeah. Are they still paying them like 2 $3 an hour? I, and then they depend Last on I tips? heard, I think it was 235 an hour, maybe. Goodness. But somebody let us know on the Shreveport Security Systems message board. I thought they had to pay them minimum wage, but and, I... I don't know, not waiters and surf staff, they, because they, they, they include tips mm-hmm. as part of their income. I know at the boats, they don't pay a minimum wage. They just they depend, the dealers and all, they depend on tips as well. Some right. of the, the card, de- the dealers. And and I, I, I remember, and, and this may have changed back in the, this was, you know, 40 years ago, but on, on the ticket, your total amount of ticket, you know, was all turned in, and you were taxed on your sales. So if you didn't get tips at all, if somebody stiffed you, you were still getting taxed on that ticket. Now we got a message that said, "Not true on the taxes; only taxed on tips." Yeah, I thought they were only taxed on the tips they got, but I, 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 I don't I, know. I never had to do that. Maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but I seem to remember at one point. So maybe that's not the try. And and uh, Louisiana Gigi said, "I try to never leave a tip on the card." Right. And that's always a, that's also a great suggestion. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to prove whether they got three dollars or five dollars. Yeah. You know, on the ticket or and, whatever. And now we're hearing from people that some local restaurants, and this isn't just Shreveport Bossier, are now adding a gratuity to your ticket, regardless of whether you want to pay one or not. 
And I didn't realize that. You have to double check. I saw it at, um, I'm not going to say the name of the place because mm-hmm. I don't have it in my brain. But I saw at one place that it was already on my ticket. Yeah, and we I got thought, a message huh? that said X restaurant is adding 18% to every ticket. Usually they'll add a gratuity if it's like six or more people at the table. Mm-hmm. They'll automatically add sure. gratuity. Uh, but this 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 message said that they're, they're, this restaurant is adding 18% to every ticket. And I, 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 I have a problem with that. Yeah, I do too. And but the but the thing is, the new research out of Bankrate today says that only sixty five percent of people that go in and sit down at a restaurant leave a tip. That means one third of those people sitting around you See, that's, that, uh, are that's not surprising. leaving a tip. That's I was surprising. shocked by yeah. that number. I, I did not realize that that was that high. People are paying the check and leaving no tip. Uh, a third of I us. I don't agree with that. That's ridiculous. And those servers are not making minimum wage in a lot of cases. Right. I know a lot of restaurants are having to beef up what they're paying them to keep them. But I still, a third of our folks that are dining out aren't tipping. I understand then why restaurants would add the tip automatically. Got a text. I will not go to a restaurant that has auto gratuity for anything under seven people. Mm-hmm. I see. I kind of feel know the that same until way. Until you already go through. Yeah. You, I guess, you know, well, you'll figure it out. I'm going to try to find out how many are there. And and we just got another text that minimum wage for servers is now uh, two thirty five an hour. Well, they're ask, they may be asking yeah. lower than others. I don't understand it. Golly. Uh, it, it's boggling to me that you would add a gratuity. The gratuity is my choice based on how well your employee helped me. You know what I mean? How how well did they do? What if I wanted to leave twenty percent? Oh well, you just you just shysted them out of two percent. You know, because I was going to leave twenty, right, or twenty five. And, and that's another thing. I, I'm kind of an over tipper. If I got I, good I take service, care of them absolutely. Mm-hmm. I take care of my servers when they're good, right. And if they're not, I I don't stiff them. I just I just can't do that. But I bet if the servers were, if we were to ask servers. Do you want this auto gratuity on the check? They would say yes because they're seeing a third of their patrons right. not tipping. They're like, yeah, put it on there because we're not getting tips from one out of three tables. We spoke with uh, State Rep Thomas Presley a little earlier this morning. If you missed that, we'll replay that conversation coming up at 840. Mike and McCarty, what a One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, just in front of our interview with uh, State Rep. Thomas Presley, talking about the Jimmy Davis Bridge funding project. Up next. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. State Rep. Thomas. Presley joining us. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, not good news. Not a good subject. Uh, just kind of embarrassing all the way around. Thomas, we know you voted to uh, uh, lift, the, lift the spending cap because Jimmy Davis Bridge is in your district, but yet you got punished because of the uh, yeah. actions of others. The Jimmy Davis Bridge funding cut from capital outlay 
um, for political motives. Pretty clear? It, it certainly appears clear to me. Um, you know, it, it, it's a regional project. It's something that's, that's vitally important to the people in, in South Shreveport and South Bossier. Um, and, and certainly we're doing everything we possibly can to ensure that that project uh, stays on, on course. I will tell you I'm more optimistic this morning than I was uh, on Friday when when I was uh, first informed of, of this issue. Uh, I've been on the phone all weekend with, with our leadership um, and, and with other members of our delegation trying to figure out a solution for uh, for this. Um, you know, I, I am, uh, as, I, as I stated in a newspaper article, I'm, I'm devastated. I really am. Um, this has been a, a project that uh, we've been working on my entire four years in, in the legislature, uh, and certainly before that, Barrow Peacock for the last 12 years has been working on it. Um, you know, and, and we have a signed contract. Um, so, you know, we're ready, we're ready to begin construction. Uh, and I'm, I'm optimistic that, uh, even with this, uh, this challenge that, that's now, uh, arisen from our, our capital outlay budget. Uh, that that hopefully we can find a solution to be able to keep it on course. But the con, like you said, the contract's been signed. The state is obligated to this company to build this bridge. Correct. That's right. That's my understanding. I, you know, it's all subject to funding. Um, but but what we're talking about here is T five money. So when we look at that capital outlay budget, there's uh, five different areas of of budgeting. Um, P1 means basically it's cash, it's ready to go. Mm-hmm. P5 is bonding capacity. Um, and that's what we're talking about here. Last year, we had $15 million in bond capacity and P5 money uh, for the Jimmy Davis Bridge. This year, because the contract was ready to go, because the governor had already, uh, or the DOTD had already signed the contract and the governor was ready to go with it, he put $154 million into P5. Um, and, and it's vitally important that, that we have that capacity in order to make this project go forward. Um, you know, as, as I said, I've been working all weekend to see if there's other ways of, of getting around this to make sure that we can keep the project on course and then come back in, in uh, 2024 with additional P5 dollars to make sure that we're, we're going forward with the project. What are the options right now? So there's a, a way of, um, of paying for things when we're not in session through the joint budget process. Um, and it certainly looks like we may be able to do that. Um, there's, you know, letters that can be written of support to uh, both the DOTD and, and the governor's office, as well as the, the contractor that was awarded the contract to let them know that we are, um, that this is a priority project and that, that we certainly will restore the money uh, in the fall. Um, or in, in the spring, rather, um, you know, there's there's a couple of different means that are going forward, and and we're trying to to do all we can to make sure that this project happens. State Rep. Thomas Presley, you said you're more encouraged today than you were uh, end of last week. What uh, can you give us specifics on what's encouraged you? Yeah, those that that's what's encouraged me is that there there may be a way of getting around this aspect of it um, through the joint budget process. Um, and, and I will tell you, um, you know, I, I have had multiple conversations with leadership, um, stressing the importance of this project, stressing the amount of time that we've put into it, letting them know that a contract has already been signed. Um, and, and that's what's different about this project compared to 
some of the other projects that were cut in capital outlay um, for, you know, the, the people that, that chose not to, to bust the spending cap, um, you know, this one is ready to go. And it's a regional project, um, you know, and, and vitally important to, to everyone in South South Bossier, South Caddo, uh, Red River Parish coming over. Uh, you know, those are all all very important uh, people and very important for them to have the opportunity to go back and forth freely between the two parishes I can, I and can, the third and sixth largest cities in our state. I can only look at this capital outlay budget, and I, and I sniffed out a couple of things. A uh, hundred million or so was added for the PMAC right there at the last minute, which Kim Mulkey had requested. $152 million for the uh, a new LSU library was added. It's almost like LSU's getting our money. So, I, you know, I, I, I hate to put just one project or, or two projects in, in place of, you know, this bridge. What I will say is that there's no doubt that $50 million of P5 dollars went to LSU for the new PMAC. The, the rest of that funding is actually self-generated funds. Right. Um, and this is through the Taft Athletic Foundation. So generally, the Taft Athletic Foundation is, is self-supported. And, and, you know, we certainly can can put some athletic dollars towards that. But you don't usually see capital outlay dollars going for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you look at the University of Lafayette uh, or U- University of Louisiana at Lafayette, um, they have almost $480 million in capital outlay budget this year. Um, so when you compare that to what Caddo and Bozier got, it's, you know, significantly higher. And you're not talking about the region. You're just talking about the university. Um, so, you know, leadership has a, a huge uh, impact and role in where dollars go in the, in the budget. We all know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly, um you know, having very limited number of chairmen from Northwest Louisiana, y'all have talked about that often uh, on this show when we when we make those elections. Uh, that that hurts our region. Did Senator uh, Tarver, and, and, Senator Tarver is on that conference committee. Did he miss this? Did they sneak it by him? Um, did he let us down? Senator Tar- So so the budget is actually it's four different bills. Um, Senator Tarver was on House Bill One. Ah, okay. He was not on House Bill Two. Did we have anybody? Did we have anybody from our area on House Bill Two? We did not. The only person from North Louisiana was Neil Riser, who's from Columbia, Louisiana, over in northeast. Wow. Um, the northeast part of the, the state. third uh, largest. The happen? third largest how, metro in the state had nobody on that. Committee. How does that happen? Leadership decides who's on the on the conference board, um, and so and um. On this one, we, you know, we, we didn't get anybody. Um, and, and obviously that makes a, a big difference. Having a voice in the room when you're talking the budget well, sure. makes a huge difference moving forward. Um, and, and, you know, we can, we can do all we possibly can to put things in the budget um, as it goes into conference. But as it comes out is really the challenge. And, and, you know, you have multiple members on Friday talk about it on your show. When it comes out of conference report, the way that it's set up, is for you to have to look at three different documents very quickly. Mm. Um, and my time, you know, down there, this was the no doubt the worst as far as the, the least amount of time to look at the budget. But you're you're comparing three different documents that are pretty um, detail oriented based on page and line number. Um, so if you don't have multiple computer screens up and ready to look at it, um, it's difficult to do. And and you, it, it's really the 
process that that I think needs to be changed. I Tom. think we need an, what's known as an enrolled version uh, mm-hmm. or a re-engrossed version of the bill so you can actually read it line for line as opposed to having to go through our amendments. Mm-hmm. Um, that's certainly something that I think if we want transparency in the state, that's something we need to spend money on. Uh, and it would certainly be worth worthwhile for the, the citizens of Louisiana to allow their legislators to look at it prior to us voting on it. All right. In the last 30 seconds here, State Rep. Thomas Presley, what is next for the Jimmy Davis Bridge project? What What's the next step? I'm hoping in the next day or two we'll have confirmation that uh, the Jimmy Davis Bridge project can stay on course. Um, but that's going to have to come from the executive branch. Um, we, like I said, uh, Barrow Peacock and I have been on phone calls all weekend, um, trying to do all we can to, to find, um, opportunities to, to figure this out without, um, having the, the project blown up because of a, a snafu in the budget. Um, who do you blame for that snafu? Who do you blame? Yeah. Who do you ultimately blame for this? Well, I, I, I'm an ultimate responsibility guy. I blame myself. Um, and, and I always do. Um, you know, we, we all take responsibility for the challenges that, that, that come out of there. Um, but, but, uh, you know, I certainly, but you did what you were supposed to do. You voted with them to bust the spending cap, which angered other Republicans, conservative, I, I use quotation marks, um, to go along with, to try to get the funding. And that's what you have to do. And you get stabbed in the back and yeah, and you yeah. got, um, you know, I, I certainly am, am frustrated with um, with the process, but again, you know, it it it, it lands on the back of everybody that uh, is down there to make sure that that we're doing all we can for our region. Um, and and I was incredibly disappointed um, that this happened, um, and and certainly felt like we were doing everything we we could do. But uh, like I said, I'm an ultimate responsibility guy. I want to I want to take credit where I can, um, but certainly want to. Make sure that, that, you know, I'm doing all I can to um, to, to help our region. So um, I'm not going to cast the blame on anyone else. What I want to do is find a solution to this problem and make sure that, that the people of, of South Shreveport, South Bossier, people of District 6 have a new bridge to, to drive on in the next few years. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. Okay, we've been talking. So hold on, let me pull this dead horse back up here. I'm going to beat it one more time. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> we've been talking about tipping. People are fed up. Oh yeah. Here's another issue I got in a text that that I was like, I I I, I got a problem with this. There's a I, I know of one for sure uh, restaurant that is cashless. Oh, okay. You, you cannot pay with cash. No cash allowed. I I have a problem hmm. with that. That is legal tender currency. Yeah. I don't see how you can get away with not being not having to take cash. Mm-hmm. Uh. What if somebody doesn't have an account? They don't have a bank account. They don't. Right. I mean, I know that's a, that's taking it to the extreme, mm-hmm. but there are. There are people that don't have bank accounts. I know the city council recently passed an ordinance saying that all festivals or any any event that uses public facility has to also take cash. 
you have to also take cash for those who are who don't have bank accounts. That maybe that's all they do is deal with money with cash. So that happened, but but I don't think you can tell a restaurant what they can do. They can do it however they want. They're privately owned. Mm-hmm. I understand. And then you can but not I also patronize have a, them or I, not. I have a choice not to go there. Yeah, exactly. I don't. That's the whole point. You know, the federal government's pushing to make all the digital, all currency digital. Right. Why is that? So they can track everything you do. Yeah, and I, you oh, know what? Oh, look, Mike just bought, you know, mm-hmm. $200 worth of ammunition. Let's send him more gun ads or whatever. Yeah. No, I, let's let's go. Go get his gun. Yeah. Yeah. But the, but the thing is, I the the bank the banking companies make money, make, make fees on that. And I sometimes I'm like, no, I don't want you to make your fee. I'll just pay cash. Mm-hmm. Let's avoid let's avoid the middleman and let me give you cash. A lot of businesses are adding 15% charge yes. if you use a card. Oh, you're right. You're right. It's a problem that th- this has changed. The world has changed and this tipping things out of control and I'm over it. I'm yeah. over it. I'm not going to tip you for a cup of coffee. Sorry. <laughs> I apologize. That you're paying $8 yeah, for. Yeah, it ain't happening. I'm sorry. <laughs> and if I drive through your restaurant, I'm not tipping you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Got a busy day tomorrow. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 17.